you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together, we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is available Available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hello there. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. Unfortunately, Colleen is off this week, but we're a group of nerds who met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast where every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. We'll talk about how our relationship with the film has changed over time, how the film builds on what came before it, and forms our understanding of the Force. Finally, we will provide you with some recommendations for other material you may enjoy if you love these movies. And guys, Colleen may not be here this week, but we are welcoming back Bohemian Geeks that eats Princess of the prequels miss flo siegel flo welcome back i mean it's literally the highest honor of my life to be here to talk about <laughs> solo with you hey. <laughs> oh i'm so excited you're here <laughs> i'm so excited as flo mentioned this week we are diving into disney's 2018 origin story solo a star wars story you guys ready to uh make the castle run with just a side of droid rebellion yeah i think there's a lesson in there somewhere Good luck finding my Switch, boys. Ooh. You know what, Flo? It works. It does. It definitely works. <laughs> um, unfortunately, at the box office, this film didn't quite work. Uh, so Solo was released on May 25th, 2018. It was written by Lawrence Kasdan and Jonathan Kasdan and directed by Ron Howard. So during production, the original directors, Lord and Miller, left the project due to some major creative differences. Uh, reportedly, they had kind of a more slapstick antic and a little bit more laid back on set. And it really, really clashed with not only the studio, but the writers as well. They were kind of like, no, shoot it as we wrote it. Um, so the studio decided to break in Ron Howard. He reshot about 80 to 90% of the footage and finished the movie. Oh, I didn't the- realize he reshot that much footage. Oh, yeah. they. Ha- I think it's... Uh, I think he... It was probably closer to 80%, but you need to shoot, I think, 90% of a movie in order to actually get the director credit. So he managed to get just enough for that. Okay, Um, wow. So on a budget of about $275 million, this movie grossed $213.8 million domestic and $179.4 million overseas for a total of $393.2 million dollars. It was estimated at the time the film needed to gross $500 million in order to break even 
FD factor and the marketing budget and all the promotions. So that makes this the first Star Wars movie ever to truly post a loss for the studio. Ron Howard blamed internet trolls for the poor reception of the film. This was just a few months after Last Jedi, which really divided a lot of the fans. And it was yeah. also, it, like I said, it was only a couple of months. It was pretty quick afterwards. Um, so some people were wondering about the potential for Star Wars fatigue, which I think given our current climate, we're not that worried about anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I oh. just remember like seeing a lot of buzz on the internet about like the change in directors and I feel like that really went like it kind of colored people's vision as they like watched the movie that they were just like I don't know if this is good because they changed directors not because they were actually like judging the movie yeah I think they were very people were very quick to judge a lot of people were like trying to pick out like oh which parts were done by Ron Howard and which ones weren't and was this just a recut which I mean, we had just gone through something like that with the mm-hmm. the behind the scenes quote unquote drama that made Rogue One, and that turned out great. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why people didn't really have faith. So I think part of it has to do with the awful internet rage war that went on after the Last Jedi. Like you have a lot of those people that were trashing Last Jedi, and then right. started dissecting every little thing about director changes and all that, and so it was just kind of a weird weird toxic online space back in early 2018 before this came out so it doesn't really shock me that it got hit by the backlash of that but i do have a sad confession to make of all five star wars movies that have come out when i've been an adult this is the only one that i didn't go re-see in theaters i i saw every movie at least three times in theaters this is the only one i saw once wow interesting Uh, yeah i'm sorry solo it's not your fault uh, (laughs) i'm so sorry i'll tell you why i love it more later but yeah that's my dirty confession for this movie Mm. all right well then let's uh move right into our reactions to this movie daniel kind of i guess you alluded to it just now so do you remember the first time you saw this movie do you remember the general hype around it and has your relationship with this movie changed since you first saw it I remember when I went and saw it, it was a really nice theater, like nice leather seats and everything. I felt so fancy watching it, but it was, it was fun. I remember enjoying the movie. I, I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much on my first viewing. I watched it again a few months later when it came out on Blu-ray and I re- remembered realizing, like, oh, this is a fun movie. Um, I think I just kind of went, oh, that was nice when I left the theaters and now rewatching it multiple times. Um, I, I appreciate it a lot more. So this is one of the films that's definitely benefited from a rewatch. Um, I was excited in the lead up to it, but I think I was kind of swept up in a little bit of the, is it going to be good? It's been chopped up so much. So I had mixed expectations and I left the theater happy, but I've, I've loved it more as I've gotten, you know, as I've watched more. Mm-hmm. Well, my confession time, this is the first time I've actually rewatched this movie ever. I saw it once in the theaters and then that was it until getting ready for this particular pod. And I remember I didn't dislike it. I was like, oh, this is fun. Kind of like you were mm-hmm. saying, Daniel, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it this time, I still think it's fun. Uh, I have a few criticisms about it that we'll get to a little bit later, but I think it just overall, something about it didn't quite click in my head the way other Star Wars movies did. 
I'm not really mm-hmm. sure why necessarily, but it was still fun. I still enjoyed it. I think this might be also the first Star Wars movie I've never actually owned a copy of. Um, oh, wow. It was right around the time that I like stopped buying physical DVDs or Blu-rays. Um, and then you start getting into, you know, things end up on streaming services. So the need to buy them becomes a little bit less. So I never bought this. And then because it came after, I have yet to buy a copy of Rise of Skywalker either. And I am a completionist. <laughs> Better normally, get to it. Normally I would have as a completionist, but now all of them are on Disney Plus, so I don't feel the need. So I saw this movie, I think at a cast member screening um, because my husband works for Disney. And so we usually see the like big- Brad much cheese. <laughs> it's not like that it's really like honestly it's not glamorous because i'll tell you what you've got to do you've got to like get to the movie theater in burbank and like your showing is like at 7 30 a.m or something so we're up at like oh, five gosh. to go see it it is it is not glamorous um oh, no. so i'm pretty sure we saw it there um and i just remember really like laughing a lot like i think yeah. this movie is really really funny in a way that like I haven't seen Star Wars a lot. Um, so I really liked this movie a ton. I liked it coming out. And then like, I feel like I forgot about it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> what happened in this movie? I honestly, like, I remember liking it. And then I was just like, okay, that it's done. Um, I am a huge Kira head. So for any of you who have mm-hmm. listened to our, our BGS coverage of like anything, <laughs> I'm like obsessed with Kira. I think she's fabulous. I thought this movie was oh, like yeah. pretty romantic in like a mm-hmm. swashbuckling kind of way. Um, and so I really, really liked it. I love this movie. I think this was my first rewatch since the theater. Um, and I liked it even more the second time. So it was great. And I want to say just quick shout out. I did watch this movie with Colleen when she came to visit. So shout out to you, Colleen. It was really fun watching it with you and we miss you. And I'm sorry that you're not here with us to record this. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some of the uh, fun things in this movie. So Daniel, you want to start us off with our favorite ships? Yeah. Other than Kira and Han. (laughs) (laughs) I ship them so hard. (laughs) I mean, they were hot together. Um, So how do you guys feel about the updated Falcon? I personally like that uh, escape pod in the front. I think it looks interesting. I'm going to prefer the original Falcon always, but I liked the look it had in this one. I liked it. I liked it. I I feel like I liked it more on this rewatch because Lando mentions that he put the escape pod there, meaning that the Falcon that we know and love is the actual quote unquote intended design of the ship. Exactly. Um, this is just a modification. Yeah. 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 And I was really struck in this movie at how clean it is on the inside. Yeah. It's so clean. So, like, you, Han, guys, you need to you need to be better at your cleaning skills, bro. So, you guys know me. I'm big on uh, Lego Star Wars. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. If you watch Lego Star Wars All Stars, um, it takes place over a very long span of time. But there is a scene where one of the characters meets Lando in like the past and has an adventure on the Falcon. And then like the next episode, we've jumped into the future and Han shows up with the Falcon and he's like, Hey, come on board the millennium Falcon. And they're just like, that's the millennium Falcon. What did you do? Yeah, dude. He like (laughs) trashed it. Like it was beautiful. And there was like a whole Uh walk-in closet for capes. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. 
Yeah. First time we've gotten a good look at the living quarters too. Absolutely. Apparently it, it has a so walk-in fun. closet. Or maybe it's that was going to be Chewie's cabin later. I don't know. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> well, you t- you know, you take the second cabin and you turn it into a closet because Lando's cape game is just on point. I mean, I mean I'm sure so we're going to talk about it later, but man, he it's is time for a cape well-dressed comeback. man. <laughs> the capes, the beautiful capes. I mean... Uh, Okay, I'll talk about this later, but I have a lot to say about the games. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about Voss's yacht, which, first of all, I love that we call these yachts. I think that's my favorite thing about Star Wars. Um, right? <laughs> just like, this is my cruise ship. Um, okay, so his yacht is called the First Light. It was a custom job by what? I don't even I know think it's it. pronounced Kalavala. Okay, that's what I'm I was going to go with, but I was just like, Kale. <laughs> Maybe Kalevala space. <laughs> and it has a distinct vertical design. Um, it is really, it's like a skyscraper, basically. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. The interiors of the ship were inspired by the Marin County Civic Center up in NorCal. Shout out to Northern California. Mm-hmm. And that was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. And this ship is sick. It's just like a floating casino in yeah, a high gorgeous. And it's, it's, his own, it's his own personal ship that happens to also have a casino. And I'm assuming yeah. some swimming pools and a bunch oh. of other stuff. I mean, you know there's definitely a bowling alley for sure. Oh, God, that would be awesome. <laughs> bowling alley on a <laughs> ship in space. Like, okay, yes. cool. Oh, my gosh. You know what it reminds me of? The not shitty version of those ships from Thor the Dark World. Those like knife ships that the elves have. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I could see really that. Really good mm-hmm. point. It was just great. Yeah. I just like loved it. At first, like when I first saw it, I thought it was on like the planet. Like it was like a building. Mm-hmm. And then when it flew later, I was like, oh, it was a ship. Okay. I like felt really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> no, I don't blame like, you. Too I, tall. It looked like a tower just on the yes. side of the mountain. Right? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, you're not crazy. Well, these things so, are not mutually exclusive. Well, Shut okay, up, Banders. You know <laughs> oh man i also wanted to mention though uh the stolen speeder that han has at the start the m68 i thought that was so cool it's cool it is another one that he trashes yeah yes i mean it was a good idea you know maybe it works later in the film it does when you have enough power and you're not you know and you're not uh being sucked down to the ground (laughs) Well, I thought it was a nice reference towards like uh, George Lucas's old love of cars. And like, I know he did uh, a bunch of like early work filming car stuff. So I thought that was nice to include. Sorry, Flo, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say like, I'm just a whore for these speeder chases. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I just, I cannot, like, this just was exactly like how I felt when I saw the Attack of the Clones one, where it's like speeder chase, hot guy in a hot car, like, give it all to me going super fast she's like basically all over him isn't kira like making out with him while he's driving i'm just like or was that Almost. like in, it was like in my dream probably i just like yeah, elaborated yeah. a little bit in the fan <laughs> a little bit of column a mind. little bit of column b <laughs> that's right but it was just hot i was just like yes like this is the han solo i know like i fully buy that he would do this like i'm all about it yeah absolutely yeah all right and lastly not not a ship that we actually see, but that ship that Han that Han supposedly has to bet with against Lando is a 
Corellian VCX100. That is the same model that will show up in Star Wars Rebels as the ghosts. It cannot be an episode of this podcast where we don't tell you all to watch Rebels. So exactly, <laughs> there's your plug watch for Rebels. today. I Googled that when I was watching. I was just like, oh, what's a VCX100? I just want to see what it is. And then when I saw the Wikipedia article that said it's what the ghost is, I like got up. I had to pause the movie, go out and tell my roommate. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, I know what that is. I know what that is. Oh, man. All right. So we've on. talked about our favorite uh, ships. It's time to talk about our favorite aliens, favorite droids. Uh, I think we'll have to start, since we're talking about ships, with L3. So I love her. She has played fantastically by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So she has a just hilarious personality. She's got quips a minute. And then, like we said, uh, you know, speaking of ships, she does end up getting plugged into the Millennium Falcon. So she is that uh, strange dialect that C-3PO brings up when he plugs into the Falcon later on. Yeah. Part of my background research for this pod was that Phoebe Waller-Bridge had just never really seen Star Wars before, like, getting this role. And she did not know what a droid was. So she just like, she played the audition like she would play a human. And then later she tried to like add droid elements to it when she found out what that was. And and they were just like, no, 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 do it the way you did it the first time. That's hilarious. (laughs) I love that. That is so good. Yes. I was asked recently, like what my droid rankings were. Mm -hmm. And I think L3 is my number one droid. I'm obsessed with L3. It's like, I can't with her. Like she's just so I great. Need more of her. Like right. Like the only thing, and I mean, I guess I'll get to this in my untouchables, but like, spoiler, the only thing that like I'm really upset about is how little we got of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want her in like 12 movies. I want the L3 spinoff. I want like all of it. I want her like at a feminist droid march. Like, I just oh need my her God, everywhere. Yes. Maybe I mean we are getting the Disney Plus Lando show and not really sure what era that's taking place in. Oh my God, oh, if that is the main shift, I will <laughs> die. While we're talking L3, I do need to say one thing that Colleen told me to let everyone know. She did, I'm sorry, Flo, want to say that Lando and L3 have more chemistry than Anakin and Padme. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just reading it I'm directly. <laughs> I'm just reading it directly from the phone. I'm the messenger. Don't, don't hurt me. Okay, I have to say, like, I wouldn't say they have more. But I would say they have just the same amount of chemistry and it's hot. Like, it's like weird okay, how you know invested what? That's I am. amazing praise from you. It's <laughs> it amazing praise from you. It is top shelf praise for me because you know how much I love Anakin and Padme. But like mm-hmm. when Lando is cradling L3, like oh, I was distraught. Absolutely. Like I fully believed yeah. that like they were madly in love and that, you know, it works. They were like doing it in the back of the Millennium Falcon. Yes. Oh. oh man, I love her so much. Yeah, there was a little tear in the eye on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And she was physically on set in a droid costume for mm. this. She kind of had like a green screen outfit underneath so that they could like digitally remove stuff, but she was yeah. physically doing all the stuff on set. Oh, that's cool. cool. That's really cool. So I want to shout out Rio, who is the four-armed Ardenian who is voiced by none other than John Favreau, creator of The Mandalorian. Yeah. He's just fun. He's got that yeah. kind of like sarcastic getaway driver vibe going mm-hmm. on the whole time. I was very upset when he died. I thought it was totally unnecessary. Get to that a little bit later. Um, mm-hmm. And just every time he's talking to Han, he's 
so sarcastic and he's just like twisting the knife more and more into him and it's i i'm laughing the entire time he's talking he's such a little jerk and i love him yeah i felt like he was really approachable actually i was just like he's a jerk but like in such like a funny way that it was like i feel like han would like really respond to that and be like yeah he's like a uh he's like a stand-up comic jerk yeah yeah i i really liked him a lot too i thought it was great all right should we talk about somebody who's not an alien or a droid I think okay, yeah, so. let's do it. Let's Maybe. Do it. Even though this is our favorite alien or droid. Well, he would part. normally he would normally be a droid, but he's not. In <laughs> he this would. One. He would. Yeah. That's why he's in this uh, section. But we just wanted to shout out Star Wars legend Anthony Daniels, who is in this movie as Tack, one of the human slaves on Kessel. Which that section was just like hard to watch, anyways. Um, with this, he's the only actor to appear in every canon Star Wars movie to date. So good job, Anthony Daniels crushing it yeah go get those checks baby amen (laughs) yo if i could do like one thing to become famous for and just cash checks for the rest of my life yeah i believe i would (laughs) yeah sign me up before we get into our next segment we'd like to take a second to tell you all about this week's sponsor bruce bruce is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth with powerful sonic technology and ultra gentle bristles the bruce redefines what it means to have super clean teeth It's like that feeling when you leave the dentist's office and your teeth are kind of slick. It's just really fresh, whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners can get 15% off their total purchase with code POD15. That is P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help design your new website? Or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs for it or an expert presentation designer to help with that big work project. Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. You know, don't worry with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note, Yet another Star Wars podcast is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of yet another Star Wars podcast, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, let's get into it now with our untouchables and unbearables. What is perfect about this movie and what just doesn't quite work? Uh, My main untouchable for this movie is probably the cast. It is stacked. I mean... Mm -hmm. Alden Han, I think, is a little uneven overall, but he's still really solid and not worth any of the hate that he got. There were all these rumors that they were like, oh, they had to bring in an acting coach for him. And First of all, the task is daunting. You are trying to be a young version of Harrison Ford. Um, and he still does a pretty good job. Donald mm-hmm. Glover is just amazing as Lando. <laughs> we already talked about Phoebe Waller-Bridge as L3, Amelia Clark as Kira. I mean, just overall, Wow. I think to me, Kira is the strongest part of this movie. Uh, we just passed by the quote unquote make Solo 2 happen day. And my opinions on that stands forget about Solo 2, give me a Kira project. Oh, absolutely. I want to see what Kira is up to with Crimson Dawn. I want to see what she's up to with Maul. Like, let me know. Yeah. So to me, Kira, Kira was what I wanted Han to be in this movie, at least by the end. 
Mm-hmm. I think that was that's one of my kind of criticisms of this movie is Han is still really idealistic at the end of this. He's good. If this is an origin story about how he became what he was at the start of A New Hope, I, d- I don't see it. Like he's trying to do the right thing. He is kind of already there. Whereas Kira kind of has a little bit more of that selfish. She's more jaded by this point. No, who knows? Maybe with Solo 2 and Solo 3, we would have gotten there. I don't know. That's what I would have thought would happen. But she was just so good. And I mean, the other cast, we talked about John Favreau. You got Woody Harrelson, Tandy Newton. So much good acting in this movie. My number one unbearables. Look, guys, I love the man. He has directed some of my all-time favorite movies. You got Parenthood. You got Apollo 13, which is a master class in how to craft a movie, build tension and suspense. Ron Howard was the exact wrong choice to direct this movie. I'm sorry. It's just not a genre that's really in his wheelhouse. Knowing what we know about her now, definitely give his daughter the job. Don't get me wrong on that one. Bryce Dallas mm-hmm. Howard has done some great job on The Mandalorian. But the closest thing he'd done before this as like an adventure movie uh, is the, like the Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. And those contain, in my opinion, one of the biggest miscastings ever. Uh, that would be Tom Hanks. Again, love the guy, <laughs> but a very wrong choice to play Robert Langdon. Uh, and then my other criticism, my main criticism of this movie is that there's too much plot. There is enough plot in this movie to actually make three or four movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my rewatch, I think that absolutely stands. Like that whole first heist could have been a movie unto itself. And the Han Solo element is him meeting Chewbacca. And then you get another movie where they meet Lando. And then you get another movie where they make the Kessel Run. Like all of these things just jammed together into like a single adventure don't make sense to me. And you are doing too much. And I think the entire Enfys Ness and the Marauder subplot could have been dropped from this movie and no one would notice at all. Yeah, which is a bummer to me. I loved Infest Nest. I thought like it was a fascinating concept, and they just did not use it to the full extent that it needed to be used. Yeah, I was, I was like totally kind of met on that whole subplot. Give me another, give me another gang instead. Give me, you know, instead of Crimson Dog, give me uh, like Black Sun trying to move in on it. Yeah, I think that would have been good. I, I wish we could have gotten like you were saying, more movies out of the plot that we were presented in this one, because Mm -hmm. the idea of having, you know, a whole movie about, okay, we're trying to get this coaxium from the Kessel run, but we're being chased by infants nest gang, like across the galaxy as we're doing this or whatever. Like that's a cool concept for a movie. And when it turns out that, you know, you know, infants nest is actually trying to fight against the empire and all of this, like, that's a cool twist. And then we see, uh, and this nest, one of uh, her cloud riders is uh, is the guy who joins with Sagrera, the the tube alien. I forgot yeah, about yeah, yeah. since we recorded last week. Yeah, I want to know <laughs> how this stuff happens. Like, I'm the one who put him in the script. I can't even remember his name. What's going on? Yeah, um, but yeah, like, tell me more about these. Absolutely, and. So, and then my one other unbearable from this movie. So we talked about with Rogue One, how it was kind of cool that they didn't do an opening crawl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this movie, they, they didn't do an opening crawl, but they still had that, like the text on screen at the beginning. And there was nothing involved in that text that wasn't explained in the first five minutes. So I was just like, why, why did we bother with this? 
Like, why are why are we bothering? That's yeah, fair. they should have just jumped right in like they did with yeah. Rogue One. Just jump right in. Oh man. Well, I I'll bring it back to the uh, to the untouchable parts of this movie. I think, like you were saying earlier, Flo, this is a funny movie. I was laughing a lot through this. Uh, I just. I, I think part of it is is the film. Uh, I think it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller are their names. I think part of it yeah. is their influence because they're mostly were uh, comedy guys before coming over to Solo. And you know, I I wish that we could have gotten more of their scenes because I think they're incredibly Same. funny directors. And it would have, I, I think this cast would have really responded well to them. So like they gave saying, us the Lego Movie, right? They gave us the Lego Movie. They gave us Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street. Though I gotta say, the action is so fun in this movie. It, like, like you said earlier, Flo, I am a whore for speeder chases as well. <laughs> I'm also a whore for anything to do with like good space combat or like you know yeah. flying around through the the maelstrom. Absolutely amazing, and yeah, like I just I had fun this movie. It's not the deepest Star Wars story. Like it, the plot's not you know really that moving or anything but i had a lot of fun and it looked beautiful and paul bettany is a sinister sinister bastard in this movie he so is I, I had fun like that's that's all i like feel walking away from it like i don't really have any like deep thoughts like i have on like you know i don't know last jedi or you know or revenge of the sith where i'm like oh wow they're making me feel like certain things or anything like that no it's just like no this is just a fun movie like put it on in the background uh enjoy it while you're not doing anything yeah and paul bettany was not originally in this movie Trident Voss was under lord and miller yeah. originally being played by i think it was michael kenneth williams uh who is big uh if you're a fan of the wire he plays omar uh and then i think when ron howard came in he was unfortunately just unavailable to come in and do a lot of the reshoots and a lot of the, yeah. the extra work on it. So they had to recast the part. And I think he was originally going to be not a human. Like he was some sort of yeah. creature. Well, when I looked um, at stuff on this movie, they described Dryden Voss, Paul Bettany's version as a near human. So not really <laughs> sure what that means, but he's got the vibro blade. I mean, so I don't a, care. Yeah. There's a bunch of species like the Mandalorians, the Miralukans, things like that. They're just like, they look exactly like humans, but oh, no, no, no. They're different species. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Oh, one thing that I do want to mention apparently, Beckett killed Aura Singh from Clone Wars. That is an offhand reference that they say in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like when Lando and Beckett get introduced and Lando's like, oh my God, you killed Aura Singh. Like, that's amazing. I owed her a lot of money. I <laughs> like caught that this time and I did not catch it the first time I watched it. And I'm, I, I need to know what happened. That's amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, I will uh, get into my unbearables. I kind of touched on it when you were talking about yours, how some of the plot points feel underutilized. Like Emphis Ness Gang, cool concept just didn't get their time to shine in this movie and i feel like beckett's gang was the same you know you bring in these amazing actors to be in this gang with him but you've got woody harrelson tandy way newton and uh uh john favreau all together and you're not going to give me more of them at least a whole movie of them come on like they're amazing know, that should have been a whole movie that should yeah. have been a exactly. whole movie we didn't get to see them planning the heist we just kind of jumped straight to by the way yeah. we're on the heist 
if we lost Rio and Val at the end of the heist and like that was the end of the movie, like with them parting ways and things like that, wow, that would have been like a wild end of a movie. Like, so yeah, it's it does feel like a bunch of movies all stuffed into one. And it's like, man, yeah, you really underutilize some great cast there, but yeah. still it's fun anyway. So I can't it is fun. complain that much. <laughs> all right, you guys ready? I'm ready. Well, <laughs> what you got? <laughs> okay, so I'll start with my untouchables. Something that I actually really like about this movie is how many different genres of movies are like slapped into one movie. Like I was just thinking while you guys were talking about all the different parts of the movie. And so like you kind of start off with this like kind of like outsiders, like underworld, like seedy underbelly gangster vibe, right? And then you like end up in this like Pearl Harbor movie, right? It's like World War One, yeah. which yeah. I guess is not Pearl Harbor, but it's like World War One. We're like in the trenches. There's like mud everywhere. People are getting shot at, which like, I just feel like we hadn't seen that much. Maybe like Rogue One, we had seen some of it, like more ground troop situation, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Like I liked seeing the Empire like that and like kind of putting a face to it. It was, that was really cool. Then we get the like casino Royale sort of situation on the yacht. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's like castaway vibes. It's like fucking Survivor out there with Emphis Nest. We get like weird James Bond, like train heist things. It was just like a lot of things. So kind of like you said, Anders, like. And you're only halfway through. I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I did like how the movie like kept it moving. However, as part of like my unbearables, I fully agree with you. This should have been either a series or more than one movie. Mm-hmm. Like it it was just like a lot, but it did keep my attention really well because it kept the pace going. So that was kind of <laughs> nice. Obviously another untouchable for me is Han and Kira. Like I absolutely need to know what was happening before. I need to know what was happening before the car chase. I need to know what was happening to Kira between when she was not with Han, like when he left and she had to stay, like I absolutely mm-hmm. must know. I cannot die until I know because I will haunt this planet forever. Um, Fair like, enough. Must know. And then like, I want to know what happened after. Like, why aren't they together? Like, obviously like Kira is stuck in this crime syndicate. Like Han is not, but like they clearly love each other and like they've got incredible chemistry. Okay, that's actually be- stepping on something I was going to ask later. Ooh. Do they okay. actually at, at throughout most of the movie do they actually love each other? Now I buy that they do in the beginning. And I definitely. buy that Han definitely still loves her, but is he at this point where he's like in love with this memory and this idea of her and mm-hmm. she has been through, don't get me wrong, a ton of trauma? But has she kind of molded herself that she's straight up using him at this point? Like, at the end, was she ever going to go with him? I think she okay. was struggling with it the whole time. Was she I don't think that she was playing with him. I think she wanted to. And then when the opportunity of Dryden being dead and it was all right there at her fingertips, I think she, like, finally in that moment was like, well, I have to take this opportunity. I feel like she wanted to go with him up until the choice was right there. Cause I, I was watching it this time and I'm, and I'm really paying attention to her kind of throughout the whole movie. And she is, 
I agree with you. She still seems to like feel something there, but she's also like giving off some pretty strong vibes of like, dude, this is not Corellia. We are not kids anymore. It is time to grow the F up. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think she went through a lot of trauma that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. And that like, we, I really do want to see what happened to her. And I think Dryden had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. Um, He like, gives me really like scary vibes like he might be one of the scariest dudes to me in like this whole universe like he Mm -hmm. just like is this like weird gaslighter manipulator like horrible human that like I I don't I I he really freaks me out and Paul Bettany does such a good job playing that role like he's a freak so Mm Like, this is so hard for me because I'm, like, a hopeless romantic, right? And so, like, I want them to be together and, like, I want her to have loved them this whole time. But, like, I do – I feel like she kind of had to give up on him to survive. Like, she couldn't keep thinking about him and Corellia and, like, where he was, like, when she was just trying to live and, like, make it through each day. And so I think when she saw him, it was, like, a pretty big shock to her system because she was, like, I never thought I would see you again and, like – here mm-hmm. you are. And like, now mm-hmm. I'm having to deal with all these feelings that I've repressed just to like survive in this world. Yeah. And I do think she wanted to leave with him. Like, I think she wanted to get back to, although, you know, it wasn't innocent because they were in this horrible world where they had to like steal and hot wire speeders and go on chases. But like, it was more innocent than what she's in now and what she's been through. And so I think definitely part of her was like, yeah take me away like let's go just like have a moisture farm somewhere or whatever (laughs) you know how I love moisture farms um yes I do but at the end of the day like she also realizes that she's yeah she's not a kid and she's not that innocent girl and she's got this role to play and if she doesn't play this role I feel like she knows the consequences of that in a way that Han doesn't know or -hmm. doesn't realize maybe um so I don't think she was ever going to go with him but I definitely think she wanted to. And I think she was kind of fooling herself too. She was like, I can go. But at the end of the day, like, no, Kira, like you can't. And that sucks. Yeah. Like, that's a tragedy. So yeah, end of, that end makes of the a day, lot of sense. end of the day, did she stay on that yacht because she had to or she wanted to? Did she want that power or did she feel like she had to? To I save her? Yeah, a little bit. As I said earlier, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, she- yeah. I mean, there was yeah. no choice. She had no choice. So she had to stay. So she may as well want it. Like, yeah, it's not like she had to avoid Jabba. She had to avoid Maul if right. she was going to escape from Crimson Dawn. True. Shout out to that Maul cameo and the most unnecessary right. lightsaber ignition that has ever happened, but was so cool. There was no reason. <laughs> so dumb. That Drama queen. one of my unbearables, actually. <laughs> All right, like... let's get back into your untouchables unbearables. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, unbearable is that mall lightsaber activation. Unbelievably bad. I was just like, we all know you have, like, calm down, calm down. Also, like, I did really like seeing Maul, but I thought he was dead because I obviously, like, haven't watched or read a lot of stuff. And so I was just like, what, what is happening? (laughs) I feel like maybe some, like, background knowledge would have been nice and, or, the expectation i mean i think we were expecting a sequel and so i was like okay they're gonna explain it and i'm still like left hanging 
Like, I know that he was, like, chopped up and put in a dumpster or something, but, like... <laughs> True, yeah. Uh, quick. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. That is exactly what happened. Uh, Obi-Wan <laughs> cut him in half, threw him into the dumpster. He managed to survive, basically, by channeling the dark side. Pure anger made him survive, and he ended Man. up on some kind of a trash planet. Uh, hashed himself some, like, weird scorpion legs things out of a bunch of trash, like robot scorpion legs. Uh, he was eventually found by his brother, Savasha Press, who brought him back to Dathomir. Uh, the Night Sisters did some weird dark side magic stuff to kind of strengthen up his legs a little bit and make him somewhat whole again. Uh, they had a bunch of quote unquote adventures where they kept running into Kenobi and Anakin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his, I just feel like pirate gang, some pirate gang. And then he ultimately took over Mandalore and got at, for the last point in the timeline that we saw him would be when uh, Palpatine realizes that he's secretly running Mandalore and goes to take care of him himself. Got it. I just feel like if I looked you dead in the eyes and was like, hey, Anders, so guess what? I read a story where Darth Maul like was put in a dumpster and then got scorpion legs. You'd be like, what kind of a weird ass fan fiction? (laughs) Mechanical scorpion legs. (laughs) That's craziness. It, anyway, oh yeah, it truly this is, is like wild I, when you say it out loud. It is. So but this is, is like what I used to text you guys with, with the Lego Ninja updates. Oh my gosh, those were <laughs> that was the highlight of my life. I think one day we should publish those texts because <laughs> it was just Anders on our group text telling us about <laughs> Lego, Lego Ninjago, Ninjago. <laughs> Lego Ninjago, just like updating us, and we were all just like, I mean, I assume we were all doing this, but basically it was just me staring at my phone, being like is he high like how high is he (laughs) such a good time um okay my other untouchables just utter perfection is lando i mean lovers lando in this is just it's everything that i wanted from young lando hilarious sassy like just the best like womanizer to the max obsessed with him Obviously, we've already talked about L3. I want to go into one of my unbearables. Um, This movie is incomplete, and I'm going to tell you why. And if you tell me there's a deleted scene about it, Anders, I'm going to have to punch you. How on earth did we not get a scene where Kira and Han fuck on Lando's capes? That is unbearable to me. Like they were right there. I I mean, it has to exist somewhere. I must have it. If you are listening to this and you have fan art, um, (laughs) unedited raw footage from the filming, (laughs) I must immediately see it. That is like my dream to fuck all over Lando's capes. I am. I mean, a deleted scene does not exist. At least not on what's on Disney Plus. Okay. You wouldn't you watch it anyway. You still, you still haven't, have you still haven't gone back and watched the Attack of the Clones deleted scenes. You're right. I am gonna watch that tonight. I promise. Will you text <laughs> me later? <laughs> so yeah, that's oh, unbearable no. to me. And then I echo what you guys have said about Enfys Nest. I didn't even understand what the Enfys Nest plotline was, honestly. Also, like them taking coaxium out with a weird syringe and then just like sticking it into like the the hyperdrive was just like what is happening 
Yeah, it was. Uh, it it was reminded the... me of like uh, siphoning gas. Like I was fully expecting him to like just like suck on the tube at one. Yeah, point. it was the uh, it was the Fast and Furious part of the movie. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly right. This was Fast and the Furious solo drift or whatever. Um, <laughs> Millennium Falcon drift. Yeah, I hated that. I was just like, it's super explosive. Like, stay away from it. Don't take a syringe to it. What's wrong with anyways? That was just really annoying. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was really, really funny. That's my main, like, untouchable right? with it. It's just, it was hilarious. And I just really enjoy watching it. Everybody's hot. Everybody's talented everything's beautiful i just like i will say one more thing about my unbearable i hated the like beckett trickery like that was just really, really annoying to me yeah i as I in really, beckett tricking them or them tricking beckett all of it okay. i hated all of that i was just like Han has nobody he trusts nobody he's got chewbacca now but like chewbacca tried to kill him it was like not great but like <laughs> To then be like, don't trust anybody. It was just really sad. And I just felt really bad for him. And like, I don't know. I, I don't like feeling sad for him. I gotta say, Chewbacca has like the worst luck of any Star Wars oh. character ever. Like in every property we see him, he's been like recaptured and enslaved. Like yeah. he's yeah. captured here. When we saw him, I think when he saw him in Clone Wars, he had an adventure with Ahsoka. He was enslaved when we... I feel yeah. like we see him in Rebels at some point. There, there's at least like one or two other places where he, he shows up in chains and you're just like, what keeps happening? Yeah. And it was he... so sad when he had to say goodbye to his Wookiee friend. I know. Yes. That was super sad. You that know Wookiee this looked weird. Happen? This wouldn't happen if Chewbacca just had a moisture farm is all I'm saying. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but the places where you would have moisture farms, Chewbacca would have to like shave himself to, to keep himself cool. And that oh would just God. be weird. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like a hairless Wookiee? Chewbacca like, with like a poodle cut? Oh my God. They tried I'm to pull just... that off with, they tried to pull, a, they tried to pass Zeb off as a hairless Wookiee. Oh my God. Yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Although like now when I think about Chewbacca and Wookiees, I just think of the holiday special and I just want to die. So. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, Anders, real quick, when you said that uh, other Wookiee looked weird, I think that Wookiee was supposed to look like emaciated and stuff. Yeah. After being in those spice mines. Yeah, and it got down. He, he was definitely emaciated, but I don't know. He just reminded me a lot more of the, um, like the original Planet of the Apes makeup. Yeah, I got a little bit of Bigfoot vibes <laughs> from <laughs> yeah. this Wookiee. Yeah. Flo, you have any more Untouchables or Unbearables? No, I love it. Make Solo 2 happen. Make Solo 3 happen. Give me the Kira show on Disney+. Plus. Um, I want all of it, and I want it immediately injected into my veins. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Co-signed. Perfect. Yeah, I'll go for it. As long as we get the Kira <laughs> one in there, you can do Solo till the cows come home. A hundred percent. And I just feel like the Kira show would be so good. Like, I just need so much more time with her. More than they can give me in one movie, so... Mm -hmm. Amelia Clark as a mob boss in Star Wars working with Darth Maul like that is such an amazing concept for a show why have we not done this wait I have one more untouchable I'm sorry yeah Amelia Clark's high ponytails in this <laughs> oh man as somebody I mean you guys can see it I'm currently rocking mm -hmm. a high ponytail this is my everyday go-to teacher look 
as a high ponytail wearer, I feel vindicated by this movie. Thank you, Amelia Clark. You are beautiful. You are a boss bitch. Go get them. Okay, that high ponytail when she comes out of the ship when they're on Kessel and she's got like that regal outfit yes! on. I was like, you are rocking it. And then she comes running out with the grenades and she's throwing the grenades looking fierce while doing it. She said, let me kill these guys, but make it fashion. And I was here for every second. She just looks amazing in this movie. She, she okay, does. I'm, she is everything that I wanted Padme to be when she was not. Like her fashion was unbelievable and exactly what I would want from Padme in episode three. Instead of wearing fucking like jewel encrusted nightgowns, I wanted the like beautiful, like satiny capes. This is exactly what I wanted. Just bring capes back for everyone. Seriously. And then fuck on them. Well, you got to put something down between the bed and yourself. Well, I mean, we're not animals. Come on. Yeah. Aren't those sheets? And <laughs> you don't want to get, I mean, Anders, we all know where on. that's going. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lingering <laughs> questions on this movie. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. So how, how do we feel about Han getting the solo name? That actually, I didn't bring it up in my unbearables because I want to talk about it here. That was one of the few things in this movie that just made me go, oh, come on, are you, are you kidding me? I, I wish I had like a better idea or suggestion for how he would get the name or it could have just been a family name. That wouldn't have bothered me or anything. Do you guys have any thoughts or feelings or like suggestions for how he could have gotten the name? Yeah, I would have been absolutely fine with it if it was just his name, Solo. Yeah. Or if not, I agree with you. The The guy coming up with it in the way that he did made just like zero sense. First of all, I'm not really that convinced that the Empire is concerned with last names. They're, they just want bodies. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. If I were to do it another way, I would have something like he says the word a couple of times, like wait for backup. And he's just like, now nah, do it solo. And that happens once or twice. And then someone like Rio or Val, like, hey, Mr. Solo, get yourself together. And then it just yeah, kind of sticks way that just kind of sticks that way. That would have been cute. And I think I would have liked it better if it had been more like somebody that he was friendly with who kind of gives it to him. And then like he kind of like, you know, like, oh, Mr. Solo. And then he like kind of calls himself that. Like That's maybe true. after like Rio dies too. It's just Rio like, dies or yeah. yeah. Going back to a Rio few minutes ago, mm-hmm. going back to a few minutes ago, he and Kira are like among the capes and she's like, you were always Mr. Solo. That's right. Now he's going to have to do it solo because they're not fucking on the capes. Unbelievable. Oh. You know, um, that's why she left because he didn't fuck on the capes. That's it. Sure. 100%. Why we left? have an answer. That is, yeah. that's exactly the answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't have a super issue with how he got it in this, like. I thought it was kind of cheesy, but I also had never considered that that wasn't actually his last name. So exactly. that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know. It was something that I just didn't need to have answered. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, if Rio had given him that nickname, I think I would have not had that same reaction. Um, but, you know, it doesn't ruin the film, so ultimately not the uh, the worst thing. Yeah. Do we have any other lingering questions on the movie before we move on? 
I don't think so, but let's move into then. How does this movie build on what came before it? This is one of our first real, well, scratch that. It's not really one of our prequels, but it is like kind of our first side character origin story. So it's hard to build up, but they do bring in a lot of stuff from other pieces of canon. Daniel, you want to get us started? Yeah. So Crimson Dawn, uh, the gang led by Dryden, uh, actually led by Maul, is one of the gangs that joins Maul's Shadow Collective. Um, so I don't believe they're part of the original Shadow Collective that we see in season five of the Clone Wars, but they do join up later on uh, in towards like season seven and stuff. Uh, so Maul Shadow Collective was that army of mercenaries and various gangs that he aligned together, uh, you know, to go take Mandalore. Now, when you say Maul, you do mean the half dumpster man with the scorpion legs. Yes. Okay, just making. He sure. has cool robot legs at that point. True. Oh, okay. After after the scorpion legs, when he gets his mm-hmm. magic robot legs. Ah, yeah, I forgot about the magic <laughs> robot legs. Uh-huh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, I can't forget that part. There is some magic to it. There is some magic okay. to it. The dark side can do some really fucked up stuff, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, Mama Talzin is cool. I like her. She is. I'll take your word for it. This just sounds like <laughs> some fever dream that you guys had. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... There are parts of the Clone Wars that I can understand feeling like a fever dream. Yeah. And I mean, to be, I mean, if you want to bring back the character that you saw cut in half and fall down like a reactor shaft, you're going to have to have some kind of a fever dream to make it happen. That's fair. Yeah, His mom being a wild like space witch is one way to do it. I, this is true. I, I, I would say the oh, only yeah. way. Did I forget the fact that <laughs> the it was his mom? Yeah. <laughs> you did. You forgot. You forgot that tidbit. Thank you, though. <laughs> Just hit myself in the eye with my pen. I got so excited. <laughs> Such a mess. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who? This movie has so many origins. Obviously, like that's kind of what the movie's for. Um, So let's list some of those. We get how Han got his last name, supposedly, although all of us thought that was just his name, but that's fine. We see him meeting Chewbacca and we get to meet Chewbacca for the first time in like a really sad way. Poor Chewbacca, like all matted and covered in mud. Horrible. What did you guys think about Han speaking Wookiee? Weird. So weird. (laughs) A little strange, right? Very. Like, where would he have learned it? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, don't yeah know. I guess I, just I, from another like Corellian street urchin type thing, I I found myself laughing at that because I was like, oh no wonder he speaks English to uh, to Chewie. Like he sucks at speaking Shirawook, but at least like he put in the effort. I think that was like Chewbacca was like, oh okay, like, this guy's not a total idiot. Fair. I don't know. It felt like Dory speaking whale. Yes, <laughs> like the only thing I could think of. I was just like okay whatever so it was just strange um obviously we also meet lando oh so good so Mm. good honestly like when kira brings them to that bar or pub or whatever they're in and she's like you know i have a friend or whatever and it's lando and i'm just like this is the greatest thing ever the best and then she was talking about his prodigious and then gets cut off but like <laughs> let her finish dude they they for sure did stuff yeah 100%. that's that's the other deleted scene they were all together on the capes oh, oh they finished a hundred percent they had a threesome and also like <laughs> i think kira like did stuff like in a previous sabak game 
and she was like his like lucky charm and like did stuff under the sabak table a hundred percent a million percent <laughs> fully believe it kira fucks guys like oh she does oh and she's unapologetic and that's why she is so great and honestly she and l3 i want to see them together i need a fan fiction where it's just kira and l3 going around like just fucking shit up in the galaxy i would pay money for that fan fiction so yeah it'd be great that would be, be the best mm-hmm. and then of course we see the winning of the falcon which we've always like kind of wondered about so it was fun to see it and then of course yeah lando's a big fat cheater yeah. He is, but Han gets around it, so it's fine. I mean, and they get the boot off the Falcon. <laughs> I do not care for cards. Like, I'm just not a fan of playing cards, but I found myself really liking the two Sabat game scenes yes. in this movie. Yeah. Like, it was just fun. Because you know what? I didn't have to pretend like I understood how this game plays <laughs> like I do in real <laughs> life. I was just like, oh, no, this is just like space poker, and it's fun. It kind of reminded me of like one of my favorite movies, which is Vegas Vacation, National Land. I love Group. Vegas Vacation. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like one of my all-time favorite movies. And I was like, yeah, like I don't, pl- I don't personally play poker. We, we have a lot of friends who play poker, but I don't. And I was just like, I don't know anything about poker, but, or Sabak, but I'm super invested in this game. And like, I am really rooting for you and your big ass bets, Han Solo. <laughs> Oh God, just get Han to Canto Bite and give us like Solo 2, Casino Royale. <laughs> yes, please. Right now. <laughs> right now. Kira in a gown, big ass slit up her leg. That's all I want. Why are we not producers for Star Wars? Disney, call us. Lucasfilms, we are available. We can drop our day jobs anytime. I'm yeah. on summer mm-hmm. vacation. I've got like, 12 weeks of vacay i can make it happen all right well one other thing we get uh another gang in this movie the pikes uh also Mm -hmm. of the clone wars and part of mall shadow collective make their live action debut in this movie these guys i think look pretty cool i also i'm a big fan of the shadow collective it actually reminds me of one of my favorite legend stories which would be the darth bane trilogy where he kind of starts building this he's like this behind the scenes orchestrator of a bunch of these different gangs and People don't really know that they're all connected through him. Uh, and mm-hmm. so Maul's kind of taking on that role in this whole thing. And I just love, I like crime stories. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. That's so we also, speaking of the Pikes, we get to see the Kessel Run where they take the coaxium from the Pikes. Uh, so this is the canon version of events. Uh, so they make the run in just over 12 parsecs. Rather than the uh, boastful less than 12 parsecs that Han says in a, in a New Hope. So it becomes something of a joke among fans when they realize that a parsec is a unit of distance and not time. Uh, so this was explained away by the idea that the black holes and storms around Kessel make hyperspace travel very difficult. So the Kessel run measures uh, how little distance a ship has to travel in real space before being able to jump to hyperspace. So it was a... It was... A pretty wild thing to see like i thought they did a really good job of uh like the storms and everything like it was storms the monster seemed like overkill to me not gonna lie the monster's a little overkill um but i like the idea of just like the horrible scary things out in deep space that yeah. uh like the also, monsters out there yeah i also i love the shot of the star destroyer like in the tunnel that is a really really like just that ominous cool shot. shot yeah mm-hmm 
Uh, yeah, I thought that was really neat. Um, and the black hole was terrifying. Like that, it was. Ooh, I would hate to get sucked up into one. That would be horrible. Thank God it's never going to happen to me. <laughs> I was just going to mention though, in Legends we do get the uh, Kessel Run, which is pretty much the same. Uh, but Han makes it in 11.5 parsecs, so it matches his original claim. Uh, it ends up getting, that record gets broken by a smuggler named Boshek with his ship, the Infinity, although his cargo hold was empty, so the ship could go a little faster, so cheating. Uh, but Han ends up re, uh, retaking the record on a run with Luke later on. So that's a fun little bit of Legends uh, lore there. Mm-hmm. And then, guys, lastly, our last segment is always, what does this film teach us about the Force and Force abilities? And for the first time ever, it doesn't. This is the only Star Wars movie that never mentions Jedi or Sith. It's the only one without a lightsaber fight. All we get is that random lightsaber. I feel like they were like, (laughs) we have to have a lightsaber in a Star Wars movie. So Maul just, you know, light it up and make it look intimidating. But other than that Maul cameo, we do not have a single Force user in this movie. No mention of it. Yeah. At all. Which going back to our Disney Canon pod, I'm wondering if that's one of the reasons it didn't quite do as well. That it's it's the least successful movie and it's the only one without any force users. I like I mean, it. I'll be honest. Yeah, I like that part of it. I do yeah. too, don't I get like me wrong. Being in the yeah, I like just being in the Star Wars universe. And I just feel like so few people are actually force users in the galaxy that it's like nice to see like how the 99% live. Like, I don't yeah, know, like just cool. the everyday, the everyday people in the galaxy. Yeah. Who can't just like force push and force choke and whatever. They're just mm-hmm. like, they've got to use their wits and whatever else they've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I think we need a little bit more of that, which is why I'm glad we're getting things like uh, the Cassie and Andor show where, mm-hmm. you know, there's yes. uh, probably 100%. not going to be any force users and stuff like that. So I hope they explore that a little bit more in the coming projects. All right, guys. Well, I think that is going to wrap up our discussion on Solo. So as always, we will close with recommendations, content you may enjoy if you liked Solo. Daniel, take us away. So my roommate's probably going to kill me when he hears this one because I've not finished these games and he's been telling me to do this forever. Uh, But if you want that kind of like fun, jokey, gunslinger vibe that we got from Solo here, Uh, I recommend the Uncharted series of video games. Uh, So he plays this treasure hunter, Nathan Drake, who's kind of like a modern day Indiana Jones. And he's got a little bit of that Han Solo swagger. Uh, He has a, you know, a sidekick, trusted sidekick that comes uh, comes along with him, but nowhere near as cool as Chewbacca. He can't be Chewbacca. It's just an older guy with a cigar who's got a bunch of catchphrases who's awesome. Uh, So yeah. Uh, Uncharted series of video games on PlayStation. Definitely recommend that. All right. For me, as always, check out the novelization of this movie. In this case, it is written by Mer Lafferty. Um, some good extra content in there. As always, just the descriptions of things, I think, always make the movie even more enjoyable. Uh, and if you're looking for some other good origin stories, I would recommend the first two books in the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. The last book, I believe, is coming out later this year. Uh, Timothy Zahn going back for a younger Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, you have Chaos Rising and The Greater Good. And then if you also are interested in a good origin story based on you know something kind of small from the original movies, I got to recommend Underworld Rise of the Lycans. This was on the other night. 
you know, the last couple Underworld movies didn't uh, didn't really go so well, but I think this one was still really, really good. I'm a big fan of that franchise, and uh, Len Wiseman, get that TV show out, man. Come on. Cool. I had forgotten about those movies. I used to watch them on FX when they'd show up. Yeah, it was on FX the other night. <laughs> Hell yeah. You guys are nerds, and I love you. <laughs> Okay, my recommendations, I'm actually sticking with the uh, Disney-verse for this first one. This movie just, like, really reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy um, from our friends over at Marvel. Mm -hmm. I just feel like Star-Lord and Han would be, like, best friends. Like, such the same vibes. It's unbelievable. So every time I watch Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, is that Han? Like, what is happening? So... That is my first suggestion. And then in a would they get into pod, a fight? Would they get into a fight like uh, like Star Lord and Thor do? Would they kind of get into like a little bit of a macho off? Probably. I would think so. I think but like they each have their own ship. So I think they have like a little bit more security with each other because they're not having that fight like Thor and Star Lord are. And they've got their own leather jackets. So yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got their own fashion going on. They would look great. I would totally pay to see them like in a dance off. I, it would just be beautiful. <laughs> Something tells me Han really can't dance. I feel like I feel like he could. I feel like Lando could definitely dance. The mother Han, of invention. So sure. I think he could do it. I think he'd do like a little like white guy shake. You know, <laughs> like it would be great. I mean, <laughs> whatever. I think it'd be cute. Look, and then if it was peak Harrison Ford. I'd be. He I'd can be do. Fine. I mean, he can do no wrong anyways. So it's exactly. totally fine. I think it was in the Attack of the Clones pod that I suggested Bridgerton the show on Netflix, which I'm currently in my rewatch. I'm like on episode four of my rewatch because it's so good, but mostly because I have started reading the books. So right now I am on book five and I believe there's like eight and they're really good. And so the books are my suggestion today. The Bridgerton books, you can get them from your public library, probably go support public libraries. Um, But if you want people fucking on capes, I'm pretty sure they fuck on caves in Bridgerton. <laughs> so that is my suggestion for you today. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I think that's going to wrap us all up today. Uh, thank you so much, Flo, for joining us. This was so much fun. This was a good time. I, yeah, I had a great time talking about this movie. I mean, you oh. guys always know who to call if you want some uh, some cape content. Love you right. guys. Right, if we need... This was a horny movie at points, so I feel like this was only appropriate. So why not call your horniest host friend? I mean, <laughs> you brought the exact energy that God, was needed for What this. if they had to use a seismic charge to make the castle run? Honestly, <laughs> Anders, if there had been a seismic charge in this movie... I don't know that I could have made it through. Like, I think I would have needed a break, if you know what I mean. I like. <laughs> yeah, they knew the people couldn't handle that much. They couldn't. They really. It was too much. It was too hot. Yeah, Disney. Disney wasn't trying to. Uh, to you know, you were going to cause people to faint in theaters if that was going to happen. Faint. It would be like a flood in the theater, my dude. <laughs> okay, that's that's all I'm saying. I'm not about to pass out. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stream WAP. And on that note, thank you for joining us today. Uh, You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at yet another Star Wars pod. 
uh, or Y-A-S-W pod, excuse me. You can also follow us wherever you're getting your podcast and you can leave us those five-star reviews. We greatly appreciate it. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders, Flo, and Colleen on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where they are currently diving into Star Wars Rebels. Watch Rebels, as we say, every week, and we mean it. You can also find Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. So tune in next time when we will be finishing this run of the podcast by following orders and combing the desert as we look at the Star Wars parody through the lens of 1987's Spaceballs. I can't wait for this. I can't I wait. This is going to be a fun one. <laughs> All right. I just read uh, Call Me in the Desert on the script and almost started laughing. So, so excited. <laughs>